Welcome to the Sportsbet Football Podcast. The final 16 is settled. Argentina survived while Diamantshaft became dead manshaft. In a Schadenfreudegasm so momentous, the NHS will surely be able to measure it in a spike in pregnancy in about nine months' time. Uh, the bracket has become a tale of two sides, one full to the seams with story teams and World Cup wins, with no less than 10 World Cup victories in the top half of the draw, while the bottom half features a likely cast of dark horses and also rands, and just two World Cup victories among them. Uh, does this mean that 2018 is the year that a Bolton might finally make it all the way? To answer that question, and very many more joining us today, we've got uh, Blackburn's greatest right winger, a man with a haircut you could set your watch to, and a credit rating that a barefoot investor uh, would surely call impressive. It's Sports Brett Emerson. How are you, Brett? Good, thank you. Yourself? <laughs> yeah. Um, flagging very quickly, especially after that. Uh, introduction, which in retrospect, probably a little long-winded. And uh, joining us from uh, the 16th floor of the Sportsbed offices, uh, the, the, what would you call yourselves? The the dream team? I think that's, that's all we're known as. We've got Kieran McKeown and Dave McConnell, Sportsbet's football traders. How are we, gentlemen? Guten Tag. It's a bit of a German one in there. <laughs> um, all good, apart from uh, my shit tips across the tournaments. Well, I um, it's funny you should say that. I went back and looked at my um, group stages betting preview that I did for our uh, wonderful Sportsbet blog. Uh, one bet in six uh, got up, um, so I'm I'm very much there with you. So let's try and tip the punters into some better ones best, now. Best not to even mention uh, previous tips. Let's just kind of move on from there. That yeah, yeah, that, I think that's, so. that's a good thing to do. I reckon. With that in mind, boys, let's try and atone quickly. Um, who do you see winning the 2018 World Cup now that we've got this? Now the bracket is settled, we know the possible routes to the finals. This is the moment to ping your colours to the mast to redeem yourselves. Uh, who's going to win it? And we'll start with you, Brett. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my original. Um, I think you're the only person who actually can at this point, so that's great. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Brazil. They haven't been uh, overly impressive as of yet, um, but... They've been getting the job done. I think a few of their stars are are starting to, to find their feet. And I still feel they're a, a well-balanced team. So I think they'll still be there or thereabouts or possibly go all the way. Right, yeah, it's hard to look past them with that, that draw. Um, Kieran? Okay, I certainly haven't been impressed with them so far. Um, I think in, in all three games, they've flattered to the sea even defensively. They've been really ordinary, which is supposed to be their strength. But just given how the draw is opening up, I'm thinking Spain currently at 550 is probably the best odds, but not with much confidence, really. And so not with much confidence, Dave. Do you have any more confidence than Kieran? Well, in my dark horses, I've, of my two, I picked Poland over Croatia. I apologise. Um, <laughs> you did mention Croatia in the same breath. I did. And I'm going to stick with them because of the draw. Mm. Um, that's uh, midfield is sex on legs. So that's, I'm going to keep it that side of the draw. And um, I've now gone full circle with the Belgians on the other side. They've looked impressed. I think they've been probably one of the best so far. And um, they didn't care about finishing second and going down the so-called easier route and a Belgium-Croatia final. Mm, I'm not sure that they did not care. I think they were kind of holding out to see and then Anazai didn't sort of read the script they obviously got two yellow cards which to me looked pretty sending we'll get to that later um, for what it's worth I'm I'm with you Kieran I think Spain um, that Spain-Croatia semi-final might be the best game of the tournament um, if, it, if it so happens um, right and, and one more just for the punters name the finalists um, I'll, I'll kick this one off I'm going to go Spain-Brazil they're the five six dollars um, I love this market. Like, if you want to back a couple, it's, there's it's money for jam, um, boys. Uh, any? Can you name your two? Well, there's my two already said: Belgium, 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 Croatia, Belgium, Croatia. Looking through, looking through. There it is twenty three dollars. And Kieran. Okay, this is a bit of an outsider for sure because it's obviously a really hard route to the final. But I'm going to go with Uruguay, obviously against Spain, just to, to choose one of the outsiders. And twenty one dollars for Uruguay against Spain. I would imagine, Brett, that you're tipping Brazil and who? I'm going to go with you, Ollie. I'm going to say Brazil and Spain. Yeah, six dollars. We've gone the safe option. Yeah. Okay, right. We'll do a quick post mortem on Australia's exit. A disappointing two nil loss to Peru in their last group game. Um, that was in the end pretty immaterial as um, France and Denmark colluded to play out a cowardly nil-nil. Um, we saw them both through. Brett, your impressions of that game? Did anything dramatically go wrong or was it just the case that sort of um, 
as Australia sort of pressed forward, they left themselves vulnerable to a counter-attack. They didn't really have the fullbacks to contain uh, Peru and were just caught twice uh, on the counter-attack. Yeah, I don't think um, <clears throat> Peru didn't really cause us uh, that much trouble during the game. Um, obviously, the, the first goal was a, a world-class finish. Not much anybody can can do against that Um but overall, I thought the boys performed reasonably well against Peru. And I think in the end, we were let down by not having a, um, a top-quality striker or two up front. And I think we, we knew that going into the tournament. And um, in the end, I think that was our downfall. Um, is that your impression as well, boys? Just the fact that we didn't have anyone up top. Andrew Naboo, for all his running in the first two games, didn't look like scoring. And then Tommy Jurich... I'm not convinced he is a forward. Um, he doesn't seem to play like a centre forward. He doesn't realise, seem to realise that his main job is to score goals. And then Tim Cahill wheeled out in the last ten minutes, fifteen minutes. He did uh, nothing other than look like he looked. He looked serious from corners, but um, didn't really materially affect the game in any way, shape, or form. Um, as two Irishmen with uh, with no horse in this race, did you? Is that how you saw the game? Um, first of all, Tim Cahill tried to play for Ireland in 2002, so we can speak confidently about him. <laughs> um, shouldn't have been at the tournament. Um, played 10 minutes for Millwall in the championship um, the second half of last season. Um, probably distracted the thing, and I agree with Naboose for the first two games. He just ran around like a headless chicken. And the Danish match was the game that they should have won. Denmark are no good. And I think if they went first, that three points and going into that Peruvian game um, would have kind of given them a lot more impetus where half their kind of head was telling them that they were cooked already. Mm. I think like the the post-match sort of finger pointing has been a bit unnecessary, really. I don't know that it's the fact that Australia currently don't have a frontline striker. I don't know that that's suggestive of a broader endemic problem. Neil Mitchell um, copped a lot of heat on 3AW for saying that they should Australia should pack in international football, um, which I think was one of the stupider things I've ever heard anybody say. Um, is that your impression, Brett, that this is just a slightly awkward era for Australia where we don't have a frontline striker and actually getting to the tournament at all is kind of par? So and I, for that was that's my view, getting to the tournament was qualifying was par for this current Australia setup. If they did have a better player than a better forward, then maybe you would hope to get out of the group. But um, yeah, un- unfortunately, we don't have the likes of a, a Mark Paduka or or a Harry Kuehl or a Tim Cahill in his prime to to call upon at the moment. So um, it was always going to be difficult. I think um, realistically, with the players we had available to us, I thought the boys actually performed quite well. Um, even against Peru, some of their um, passing was, was sharp and crisp and we kept possession quite well. But into that final third, we just seemed to run out of ideas. And we all know that's the most important area of a football pitch. And unfortunately, we, we just lack that, that little bit of quality there. Well, speaking of lacking quality, it's time we moved on. <laughs> probably, probably not the greatest segue. Um, we'll move on now then to... Uh, to, to be honest, the moment I think that my life has been building to, um, to this point, um, waking up the other morning to the news that Germany had crashed out. Um, let's have a quick discussion about the uh, the exit, uh, the humiliation, the uh, complete demolition of German football as they capitulated me- meekly, getting das boot from the World Cup in 2018 in the group stages, losing uh, to honestly the second worst team I've seen in this competition, South Korea, whose rampant celebrations at half at the, at the full time whistle really warmed my heart and and reassured me that. Uh, soccer is going to be the world game for years and years to come. Um, gentlemen, how fucking good was it? I think Germany in general, they've been horrendous all tournaments. Uh, bringing Timo Werner as your, as your number nine, he doesn't score in the Bundesliga. Um, how is he going to be able to lead the line for that team? I think Ozil as well. You know, obviously every now and then he shows you know, world-class kind of flashes of brilliance, but usually for Arsenal, he's, he's flattered to deceive this year as well. And he's just been horrendous in the two games that he's played in the World Cup. 
I just think they've, they've lacked ideas. Um, you know, Cruz played well in some games. Kadira alongside him is absolutely finished. Having said that, they, they obviously still should have won that South Korea game. They had numerous chances, so many headers um, from Hummels especially ha- had a few. The Hummels head onto his shoulder will live long in my memory. Um, and just watching that ball, like he was he was six yards out and it's gone six yards wide. Even mathematically, that's a challenge to achieve. And and if, if I'm ever going to get a World Cup tattoo, it's more likely to be a recreation of that moment than anything else. It was a, a real, a real really beautiful World Cup moment for me that will uh, live long, long in the memory. Um, it feels and, like Germany were missing someone by the name of yeah, Sanna. Almost almost like a player who lit up one of the world's premier football competitions and had, they'd left him out for hmm, several older Mario Gomez still trotting out there. And looking back, I said he'd be player of the tournament, but I was kind of half right because even though he wasn't there, he was Germany's best player. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I mean, it's it actually, it follows a worrying trend. It seems like if you win the World Cup, you're more likely to go out in the group stages of the next World Cup than anything else. Um, possible worries for England um, next World Cup. I'm joking. That's never going to happen. Um <laughs> Right, before, I, before my gloating gets completely out of hand, we should probably move on. Uh, Argentina survived a scare against Nigeria. Uh, Messi scored one of the most beautiful goals I've ever seen in the World Cup. It was it didn't look amazing on the face of it. It just seems like a ball over the top. He's controlled it. But when you see close up the thigh control and then just a little touch before it hits the ground, just to bring it into stride and then just unleashing it into the top corner. Uh, that wasn't going to be enough, though. Marcus Rojo, the most left-footed player I've ever actually seen in my entire life, uh, there are genuinely left-footed monopedal footballers uh, with more of a right foot turning uh, a right foot volley home to to send Argentina through and and Maradona into uh, well I'm sure he had a, a big night on the tiles after that. Um, sadly for Marcus Rojo, his personal moment of glory somewhat ruined by the fact that a second he scored he was sort of being rowed into the corner by Lionel Messi like a donkey. And <laughs> so all the replays of that goal for the rest of eternity will have him turning it in, him turning away, wheeling away in in what he thinks is going to be his sort of epic moment of glory. And then Lionel Messi on his back, literally riding him like a little fat horse off into the corner. Um, how do you see that game, boys? And, and do you think actually that this that might have been Argentina's moment in the tournament and maybe they could be summarily dispatched by France, who I think are the favourites in that game. Uh, France to get it done in 90 minutes, $2.35 and $1.61 to qualify for the next round. David, we'll start with you as the Argentinian as the in half the half Argentinian in the group. Um, well, first of all, I think we should be blessed over here about the quality of our white wine because you can see what the Russian wine does to Maradona. <laughs> it's terrible. Um as I don't think it's the wine that's doing that. Just yeah, quietly. Of, I think there's probably something a, else. Wine, I, like. <laughs> yeah, I think there's probably. A, yeah, I think that's what I was trying to say. Um, as Karen has been saying up the trading floor, uh, Messi is now managing the team. Um, they reverted back to a back four against Nigeria, and you know what? Now all up, there are shambles, but um, everyone is writing them off, and the French haven't been great, and Argentina, it's probably worked out okay for them, and they've got Messi, so. I reckon with the blood run, running through me, I reckon that might cause a bit of a... Is it a shock if Argentina beat France? Minor upset. Okay, and now for the less biased view, Brett. Um, what's your take on this one, France versus Argentina? Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> both teams have been, I guess, fairly average so far this tournament. So, um, any team with uh, a player like uh, Messi is always a, always a threat. Um <clears throat> I think it's going to go close. I think this one could go to extra time, to be honest. Um, I'm going to call it a draw and maybe Argentina to win on pens. Okay, very good. $3.10 the draw. Remember, guys, that's why you can bet on the draw because bets are resulted at 90 minutes. We don't want 5,000 people blowing up our Twitter. Um, Anything you would like to add to that, Kieran? Yeah, I think Argentina are completely disjointed. Um, Mascarano now... I mean, that man looks completely finished. Uh, well, I think the only thing he's doing in the team is actually managing it by all reports. Perhaps that's the case. I mean, Sampaoli definitely isn't. You could see after the after the result, you know, all the players were wildly celebrating on the pitch. He went straight down the tunnel. He had to ask Messi's opinion before bringing on Aguero. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's huge issues there. And as 
average as France are, I just don't see how France don't get the job done here. Yeah, only only marginally less uh, chaotic there, sort of or under sort of slightly less pressure. Didier uh, Deschamps. Uh, plenty of questions about his management, but yet to descend into quite the farcical sort of disgrace that the Argentinian campaign has uh, descended into. We'll move on to uh, another South America European clash here with Uruguay versus Portugal. Um, Uruguay a dollar eighty to qualify, two dollars seventy five in ninety minutes. Portugal one ninety three and two dollars eighty. Um, it's a bit of a toss up this one. Uh, Portugal have been shit. To put it mildly, um, Uruguay, I think, have looked very good. Uh, but Portugal, a bit of a, comp- a bit of a cup team. They can kind of get it done when they need to. Almost the worst team for Uruguay to come up against. How do we see this one going, fellas? We'll start with you, Brett. Yeah, I think um, it's a tough one to call. I think Uruguay have definitely been the most impressive. And I think what um, I like about them is their defence. They're very solid, yet to concede a goal. This tournament, so the Atletico centre halves, yeah, they've been going to be very, very impressive. So uh, Suarez and Cavani up front starting to to find their feet. So I'm going to go with Uruguay on this one, um, but I think they might uh, concede. So I'm going to go with the two-one win to Uruguay. Very nice, David. Yeah, Uruguay as well. The two boys up front, magical stuff, and. Uh, the back four are just amazing. Even Sebastian Quadras, ex-Liverpool, looked fantastic the last day out. Um, Diego Godin, he's amazing. He's the best centre-half in the world. And uh, it's just Uruguay for me. Yeah, when you've got God in your name, it really sets the standards quite high, but he's been playing like that, to be fair. And Kieran, any note of dissension here? Or are you on the bandwagon with the rest of us? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in agreement as well there. I think it's going to be low score and there hasn't really been many... Goals from open play, generally speaking, in the tournament, but certainly not from these these teams as well. But I, yeah, I see Uruguay winning one or two now. Well, it's consensus, boys. We're going to have to get some shirts. Um, we all have got Uruguay winning that one, right? We'll move on to, uh, I think, for me, the most one-sided match of uh, the round of 16. Not in the odds, but uh, but surely from the uh, surely in the quality of the teams. Um, it wouldn't matter to me what kind of uh, performance-enhancing supplements the Russian team were on here, you'd imagine. They'd have to be on sort of Ivan Drago levels of steroids, um, and you still think that Spain would have enough to get past them. Um, Spain, $1.22 to get it done in 90 minutes, $1.55 to... Sorry, other way around. Uh, $1.22 to go through, uh, $1.55 to get it done in 90 minutes. $6.50 the Russians uh, to get it done in 90 minutes, $4.05 uh, to qualify for the next round. Kieran? Uh, is the any, any way that the Russians can spring an upset here against the the Spanish? No, not not that I can see. Um, for the first two games, they were really scoring with every chance that they had. Yeah, you know they were found out against you know the first half decent team that they played against because the first two were absolute muck. Um, so yeah, even though Spain have been horrendous defensively, I just don't see how Russia are going to really pose enough threat to to get through. You don't see uh, Duzbad Dori, but well, I can't even say the stupid Russian's name. What the the big stupid Russian they've Zuba. got? Zuba, um, the uh, very yeah. much very much the Russian Duncan Ferguson. Um, yeah, you, you got the start to hit a Smolov, uh, who's who can actually score goals, albeit in the Russian Premier League. Um, totally agree with Kieran. Um, Russia are crap. Um, Spain haven't been great, but when you look at the team on paper. Um, it's just hard to envisage anything but a Spain win. I am also on that bandwagon and now we've got one more holdout. Let's see if Brett Emerton is going to give us anything other than that. No, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon as well, guys. I can't see anything other than a, a Spain win. I think um, uh, Russia's performance against Uruguay in the last match was evidence that uh, they're crap. <laughs> as, <laughs> as you put it, um, yeah, I can't see them beating Spain. Well, what a wonderful, harmonious podcast we're having yeah. so far. Just it's all lovely. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so into Croatia, Denmark. Uh, Denmark, who I think along with France invented a new sport in their last match because I watched that game and it wasn't football. It looked like a lot more like something you might call coward ball. Um, Croatia have been pretty consistent and convincing. Um, 
probably the one of the better teams in the tournament so far. They're a dollar thirty-four uh, to qualify for the next round. One dollar eighty-two to get it done in ninety minutes. Denmark three dollars eleven and five dollars. Um, David, is there any chance of Denmark's bringing a surprise here? Yeah, well, the way Denmark set themselves up, I mean, um, they're like uh, not a great team to watch. So, and it's that kind of a game where teams like Croatia look really good in groups and then rock up to a knockout game and they get underdone. But their um, midfield is amazing. Um, Dejan Lovren has his doubters for Liverpool, but I reckon he's a good centre half. He's been playing well for Croatia and. Manzukic has been doing everything but scoring. Um, it's hard to see them not winning, but I reckon there's goals in this game. Um, so maybe like 3-1 Croatia. 3-1 Croatia. David? David, you've already done. Kieran. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I hate going for, uh, what, three or four fives in a row here, but yeah, Croatia, you know, they had, they had Modric and Rakitic in, in the first half of the first game playing, you know, it was a double pivot midfield with kind of nobody holding. And it wasn't really working for them. And then they gave Modric free reign in the, in the first half. And since then, the, the pair of them have worked so well together. I mean, they're the best midfield pairing at the tournament, um, Modric and Rakitic, two of the best in, in La Liga. Um, Denmark, you know, I think they've been woeful so far, really in the three games. They've been so lucky to, to get through. And it, it could be a low scoring game. You know, that's kind of what you get with Denmark. But I, I don't see Denmark scoring. So the only chance they have is, is getting the nil all um, and, and getting through an extra time. But overall, you have to see Croatia is coming through. Brett, are you on the Croatia train? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm just agreeing with everything you guys are saying. Do you think they're going to get and, it done uh, in 90 minutes? Or do you reckon this one goes a bit? No, they'll get it done in 90. I think, um, like the boys were saying, Modric and Rakitic. Uh, uh, yeah, probably the best, the best um, midfield pair in, in the tournament. They've been uh, great to watch so far, and I think they'll be too much for Denmark. Not the worst price then to get it done in ninety minutes, a dollar eighty two there. Um, we'll, we'll nip on and see if we can find something we disagree on. Uh, Mexico versus Brazil. Um, not the best um, thing to come into a game on the back of a three nil drubbing by Sweden, uh, and not a very good Swedish team, I wouldn't think. Um, Brazil, effective, efficient, um, without sort of meriting any kind of effusive praise. Um, Marcelo may be out, maybe. Calf strain had to come off. Uh, Coutinho probably been the best player of the tournament so far. How do we see this one go? We'll start with you, Kieran, actually. Very, very difficult for Mexico um, to to get through here. I, I think losing that game 3-0 to Sweden actually does have a detrimental effect you know, on their chances as well. They were coming into that game so short, like a dollar twenty-five to effectively be in the easy half of the draw. Probably thought it was a no-brainer that you're gonna get something out of that Sweden game. And unfortunately they yeah, played horrendously bad and you you end up on the other side with the best team in the tournament, probably in Brazil. So it's 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 very difficult. Like sooner or later you think that, that Neymar and Jesus will really get going, especially Jesus in front of goal if he indeed gets the start instead of Firmino. Coutinho has just been different class. Uh, I could see Brazil winning by two or three goals. It's been, um, you get the feeling that Mexico kind of spuffed all their uh, emotional juice a bit early um, with that win over Germany, celebrating so wildly, and then, you know, having to rely on South Korea to beat Germany to go through. Um, was I don't know if anyone's seen the video of uh, the Mexico fans finding a South Korea fan in Russia and then carrying him off. And he sort of, um, he seems to go with it sort of fairly well. I think I'd be... I think that's actually back in Mexico. Oh, was that in Mexico? It's a South Korean consulate. (laughs) That's a great new layer. I did not know. Um, They've actually made a lot more effort to go and find him. Um, How do you see that one going, David? Uh, Look, it's hard not to say Brazil, but... I guess Mexico at some stage have to lose this last 16 itis they suffer from. Um, I reckon of any kind of team that's less than $2 to win in 90 minutes, I reckon the Mexicans are the one that might be able to cause a bit of a, a little bit of a shock. Um, Serbia had chances at 1-0. They weren't great against Switzerland. And, you know, it's maybe, let's, let's, let's put it in there. And I can gloat about it um, as we return for the quarterfinals. So Mexico, even though I don't believe this, here it goes, Mexico to cause <laughs> Well, that's $7.50 if you like it uh, in 90 minutes. I, I'm i not convinced it's the worst shout because we saw what they did to Germany. It has since transpired maybe that that wasn't the achievement we all thought it was at the time. 
Um, but sort of even then, that was a that was a sort of tactical masterclass. Whether they can repeat that against a Brazil side with a better midfield, uh, a younger, more dynamic midfield, um, what do you think, Brett? Is that possible? I think it is possible. Um, I, Brazil are going to win the World Cup, so I don't think they're going to win this <laughs> game. But, uh, but I do think they're a team that is set up um, to play better on the counter-attack. Um, so that's why I I do give them a, a little bit of a chance. Um, in their last game against Sweden, they, they had to take the game to Sweden and they seemed to, to run out of ideas of how to break Sweden down. Um where against Germany, it was the other way around, and they played on the counter and played particularly well. So I think uh, that's the way the game will look. Brazil will bring the game to them, so I think they're dangerous um, and could catch them on the break. Okay, well. And for any punters out there, if Mexico does win, I'll be at the Mexican consulate next Wednesday. (laughs) (laughs) Where it is in Melbourne, I have no idea. Spring Street, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, it's actually just at the back of Fonda. Um, uh, The reward for Belgium topping their group, um, and it is a reward, is Japan. Um, They surely will get the job done against a Japan side that is efficient and and sort of pleasant to watch, but uh, not littered with talent. Um, Brett, can you see the Blue Samurai cutting Belgium down, or do you think um, do you think Belgium just get this done? Yeah, I think Belgium will get the job done. I think um, for me, the jury's still out on the Belgium team. I don't think they've they've really been tested as yet um, in this tournament. Um, rest of the quite a few players against England, but uh, all the big guns will be back against Japan, and I think they'll be they'll be too good. I'll go with a, I think a, a two-zero scoreline. Yeah, I think that's not the worst shout. I think it's it's impossible to draw any conclusions from that England Belgium game. There were so many changes and didn't seem like either team was particularly trying to win. Um, I had Nanyana's eyes potentially making himself persona non grata in Belgium. Um, not that that's the worst thing in the world to be. Who wants to go to Belgium ever? Mm. Um, does anyone see this going any other way? I think it's the most one-sided tie of the last 16. I reckon the Belgians will do a right number on them. In 90 minutes? In 90 minutes. thirty-six. if you want to do the old uh, empty the accountant. No, of course, never do that. That's uh, unless you've got $10 and it's the last of your money which you have allocated for your betting needs for the month. Set limits and stick to them, Kieran. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the worst with Denmark teams. Uh, they're the two worst teams left in the tournament. Belgium had the capabilities with De Bruyne, Hazard, um, Mertens, Lukaku to go through these kind of standard of teams. And yeah, I can't disagree there. Probably, you know, three goals, three goals plus. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. And then we'll move on to Sweden versus Switzerland in a match that I'm already billing as the battle of the neutrals. Uh, Switzerland have got the tournament wiles to get this one done. You would think they are $1.75 to get it done um, over just to qualify for the next round, two dollars sixty-three in ninety minutes. Sweden, uh, two dollars to go through, and three dollars ten in ninety minutes. Uh, Kieran, we'll start with you on this one. Is there, are there any way that the Swedes can upset who, the Switzerland team? Who I'm sort of, I sort of seem to think are the bad guys at this tournament. They're they're real shit, and they seem to consistently perform fairly well in tournaments. You would think that a team that performs better than the sum of its parts is the type of team that people would get behind. I just hate them. I don't know why. Have you got an ethnic Serb background? or No, no, I, I actually don't. Um, <laughs> I, I've been to Switzerland. It was it was fine. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just against neutrals in general. I don't like them. Um, so, yeah. But, you know, is there a... Am I wrong in thinking that they're the bad guys? <laughs> Well, I, I think anyway, this this game is just for me. It's just impossible to kind of predict. It's one of those uh, penalty shootouts. I reckon that could be written all over it. Um, there's not much between both sides. Sweden have overperformed at the tournament. Switzerland probably slightly overperformed because I think the smart money was on Serbia to come out of that group with with Brazil. Um, the kind of angle I like in these games. Both of these teams have got defenders who take penalties and. Um, you can get some juicy prices with uh, with any time goal scorer bets on on, on Grankfist and Rodriguez. 
given that you know we've had so many penalties at this World Cup, I think that would be a pretty good shot and maybe a, a penalty shootout to boot. Oh, very, very good. Uh, Brett, can you see this going any other way? Yes. Uh, yeah, very hard to pick between the two teams. Um, yeah, I think a, a draw might be a likely outcome um, and maybe go all the way to penalties. David? Would you believe? I also think <laughs> a draw. Um, well, I want the Swiss because I've got them in the office sweep. So um, <laughs> I've banked all holiday plans on them winning the World Cup. Um, Sweden are actually, at some stage, we're probably going to have to acknowledge that they seem to be actually an okay team. Uh, they qualified out of the Dutch group, um, knocked out the Italians um, in the playoffs and obviously got out of that German group. Um, so it's going to be a very tough one to call, but I reckon something like a one-all mm. and the Swiss on penals. Okay. I mean, the Swiss, you know, they have their, they have their you know, problems. Um, their flag is a big plus. Um, oh. but, uh, <laughs> sorry. Been waiting all tournament to get that one out. Um, it, it comes around every four years, or every two years, to get it out during the Euro sometimes as well. Um, we're going to the, the last one. We've got Colombia versus England. Um, will England pay for relinquishing the momentum, um, or will Gareth Southgate be vindicated uh, with a quarter final against either Sweden or Switzerland? Um, I find this one to be very hairy for England. Um, you, uh, Colombia are a different team without James Rodriguez, but have they still got enough to get the Bickies over an England team who now, who knows whether they'll turn up and play like they did against uh, like they did against Belgium? Um, we'll start with you, Kieran. How do you see this one? Yeah, it's, it's all it's all dependent on James, really. Um, England did the right thing by, by tanking, um, which they did in the last game. <laughs> but, uh, you know, overall, Colombia with James compared to Colombia without them are, are effectively two different teams. Quintero links up really well with, with James. If he's not there, you know, who knows what, what he can kind of do without him. Falcao has come back better than I imagined he would, given the injury problems he's had and obviously missing the last World Cup. And how old and incredibly slow he is. Yeah, he's, he's not as old as, as, as I would probably think because he has been around forever as well. But um, yeah, look, I, I could see with with Hamez, Colombia causing, I suppose, what you might deem a mini shock. Um, Wouldn't be a shock. Story. I don't think it'd be a shock to anybody if yeah, England went out in inauspicious circumstances. But yeah, but yeah, I suppose with uh, with with Hamez not playing, which which is probably likely, you could see England England squeaking through, England squeaking through, um, setting up a mouthwater. <laughs> <laughs> David, any uh, any dissension? Half Irish, half Argentinian. I wonder who I'm going to go for in this game. <laughs> uh, Colombia, hopefully. Um, England's impressive first half against Tunisia. Barely got the job done in the end, but Tunisia are crap. Hammered Panama. Panama are the worst team at the tournament. Yeah, as Brett called it, an unconvincing 6-1. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously dropped players against Belgium. So who knows where they're at in this tournament. Um, I reckon Colombia will do them. I hope to God they do them. Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> um, Brett, how are you feeling about this last of the uh, quarterfinals, not quarterfinals, round of 16 games? Yeah, I um, I think this is a a, a dangerous game for, for England. I've liked Colombia so far this tournament. Um, I think if, if Rodriguez plays, I'm going to back Colombia to win. Um, without him, I think England might get the job done. It's uh, it's going to be a close one, though. I think, uh, like I say, Columbia have been fairly impressive this tournament. So if I'm going to tip anyone, I'll tip them. In 90 minutes or uh, just to get through? Yeah, in 90 minutes. That's $2.50. No, $3.75. Uh, England, $2.10 uh, in 90 minutes. Oh, we will see. Uh, we will see. And anyway, that is, the, uh, that is all of those games previewed um have we got any closing thoughts gentlemen uh, anything you'd like to leave us on any bets that you'd like to tip us into that you see as sure things for the punters i feel like we owe them a win or two in this uh in this next round of games well i think kieran's angle on the penalty takers um certainly in that game with the defenders is a great angle and i think in general with var 
just they've been given left, right and centre. It's the way to go. Um, what else have I to back? Not much considering my... Uh, I reckon the uh, I reckon the the late goals again might be an angle. There's been twenty ninety eight or, or stoppage time ninety eight minute or stoppage time goals in forty eight games so far, which is just mind blowing that there's that many. You'd expect probably there'd be about seven or eight. So you know, back in late goals uh, might be a good kind of policy to go with, as well as as well as the penalties. Okay, and how are you all holding up just in terms of our four a.m viewing sessions is everyone feeling okay Kieran looks Kieran looks exactly the same as he did at the start of the tournament <laughs> David a little wide eyed myself I look like a I look like a, a ghost um, Brett I should imagine will will be in, in fine fettle as he always is um, are we all okay is everyone how are you what are your impressions of the tournament as a whole and also how are you coping <laughs> <laughs> first of all I don't do impressions but it's terrible um yeah, well, um, obviously a newborn, three and a half weeks old. So uh, Quinn wakes up around half, three, quarter to four every morning. And then I pop up and um, get out to the couch and watch the 4am games. So Fuck, it was a punish last night, wasn't it? Like, it was terrible. But I got some nice ones. I was off for Spain, uh, Portugal, and I thought the Serbia-Switzerland game was a bit of a humdinger as well. Mm. Do you not think Portugal and Switzerland are basically the same team? Like, Portugal for me are just... They're, they're Switzerland plus Ronaldo minus Shakiri and vice versa. Like the, the, if those two, t- I've never seen those two teams on the field at the same time. That's all I'm saying. Um, very very similar styles. Um, Kieran, is there anything that uh, just your overall impressions of the tournament so far? Have you been impressed with how the Russians have sort of handled it? I think there was a lot of trepidation going into the tournament. I haven't heard of anybody losing a kidney yet or any sort of fan violence. The closest. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been uh, in general. I think it's been the best tournament that I can I can remember. All in all, like just all the talking points, the VAR um, has made a big big impact. I you know whether for the better or worse, I'm not sure. I think overall though, it's it, it's worked. Um, very strange in that nobody is as impressed so far. Trying trying to pick the winner is just yeah, just choosing anything at random. You'd probably have a, a, as good a go as I would, but. Uh, yeah, it's been um, it's been pretty memorable. Is it the most open tournament in in your memory, Brett? Would you say I can't remember a World Cup where we've got round to down to the round of sixteen and uh, the betting is pretty much still open and and there isn't a firm favourite, there isn't a consensus favourite, certainly. Yeah, very very hard to predict, and that's I think that's due to the um, none of the big guns really firing as yet. No one's really. Um, state to claim but um yeah it's definitely been um very entertaining so far um germany are out so that's a that makes makes it a great tournament and uh, <laughs> i'm um, glad that i've got someone else yeah, on that bandwagon uh, yeah hang on in a few days time england will be out as well so no no it's been uh, it's been enjoyable so yeah looking forward to the next couple of weeks yeah, the uh, the be- the beauty of watching the England fans on Twitter is something else. Like the uh, the football's coming home stuff, which I think is now sort of knowingly. Um, I think everyone knows that it's all going to explode, and that's kind of part of the uh, enjoyment. The biggest celebrations I've seen, you know, you you always see these videos of pubs reacting when certain goals go in, and. I saw one the other day, which was the South Korean uh, goal, the first goal in their game, and it was a pub in Brighton, and it was pandemonium. The windows went out, TVs came off the walls. <laughs> it was, it was, it, it was, yeah, it was absolutely amazing, and, and only a World Cup can really give you that. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, we'll try and get back to you next week after the round of sixteen games have concluded. Um, we'll look at the quarterfinals. Um, and uh, we'll probably com- uh, commiserate England on their uh, pitiful exit to uh, to Colombia in a 6-1 drubbing, uh, let's hope. Um, uh, if you've got any questions for Brett, we'll do those next week. We've got a heap in. Um, and uh, if you've got any other things that you need to get off your chest, feel free to send us messages. Thanks very much, guys, for coming in. Auf Wiedersehen. Cheers, Ali. And uh, we'll speak to you later, Brett. Thanks very much. Uh, always remember to gamble responsibly. Yeah.